0: Summit Medical Group is the largest physician owned multi specialty medical group in New Jersey. Now helping you live well and stay well with SMG Radio. Here's your host, Melanie Cole.
1: Every year, more than 130,000 people learn they have colorectal cancer, and many of them are men. Yet men seem more hesitant to get this screening than women. My guest today is Dr. Raymond Kenny. He's a gastroenterologist at Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kenny. So I would like to first start to talk about why men seem more hesitant to even go to the doctor or a urologist or a gastroenterologist than women do.
0: Well, I think... uh one might look at that from the opposite perspective. Women are quite used to screening for malignancies. Uh, they're quite used to getting pap smears for uh, cervical cancer and doing annual mammography for breast cancer. So, they're, so at uh, a very early age, they're used to going for this routine. Uh, men have not been indoctrinated into that. So really their screenings and things start at age 50. So they're not as accustomed to it. So for example, for Uh, and uh, cervical pap smears, the compliance rate in women is about 80% of women who should be screened are following the rules. That is not the case with, with men.
1: Wow. So if we want to get our men in to get this very important preventive screening, what do you recommend to say to the guy to get him in to see you so that he can get his colonoscopy? And then we'll talk about colonoscopy itself.
0: Well, the the first thing that you have to realize is is education. And then you try to uh, break this down relatively simply as one, two, three. Uh, And then maybe we could do those in reverse order uh, using the number three. Colon cancer is the third most common lethal cancer in the United States. Most people don't realize that. I mean, if you ask the average person about cancer and name the cancer, the lung will be top of the list and then maybe breast and prostate. And they are on the mountain. Cancers, if you will because they are the four most common but colon cancer is actually the third most common and people don't realize that it affects perhaps you know around one in 20 Americans uh, much more common than they think and it's actually if you take it from that Mount Rushmore uh, first there is uh, the, the George Washington if you will will be lung cancer it's very common at the very lethal on its attack rate but right behind that is colon cancer in lethality it's the second most common lethal cancer in the United States Uh, The way you have to look at that is the the gender-specific cancers of prostate and breast cancer only affect half the population. So their death rates drop back so that colon cancer is the number two cancer killer. So there's our number two. And number one is this is the most preventable cancer. You can prevent yourself from even having the cancer. Now, how is is that? It's because colon cancer starts out as a benign, wart-like polyp on the inner lining of the colon. When we go in there and harvest these, take these out, you will not get colon cancer after that's been uh, removed, perhaps as high as 60, 70% of the time. Um, In fact, the incidence, the occurrence of colon cancer has been declining since the 90s just because of that effect of screening people, finding things early, removing polyps. So you're preventing a colon cancer from happening in the future, one in six of those polyps will grow up to become a cancer. If you remove them, they don't get to grow up. So in a sense, you get the test, not the disease. So if, if you arm a person with that knowledge, um, they have a safe and effective test that will not only detect cancer early, early cancer detection, but number two, and most importantly, a take-home message is it prevents cancer from happening. If With that, if you... If you sit down, explain these numbers to a patient, yeah, an intelligent person will do the right thing.
1: Yeah, that's what you just said, an intelligent person. And so men, you, you say education is so important, but to them, all they hear is camera, prep. They think it's going to be a lot. And as someone who's had a bunch of colonoscopies, I can tell you how easy it is. And usually the person wakes up and says, when are you going to start? right? So speak about that prep a little and how easy this test really is.
0: Well, we're, we're, we're obviously aware of this. We're, we confront this on a daily basis, and we've tried to make everything easy about it. I mean, you go from, um, let's talk about even by ease, the, the, the cost of the procedure. We've now uh, got legislators to actually include this test for Americans to be cost-free. If you have insurance, Most insurance companies will give you the benefit of doing this for free, so it's for free. Number one, it's going to save your life. Number two, number three, the inconvenience of the prep—we've worked on that. Uh, The prep that we particularly use is a modified uh, use of Gatorade. I I drink G2 when I go to the gym. This is the same substance you're going to drink for this prep that I have, and it's not onerous. It's it's, it's just that 24 hours before the before the examination drinking Gatorade. So, so the palatability of the preps has changed. Um, the prep is vitally important, so we're not going to compromise on the quality, but we've taken it down to where people tolerate the preps, and we're even looking at allowing people to eat a little bit more in that first 24 hours. We were very cognizant of how what the complaints are, but the benefits clearly outweigh all of that. And, yes, we have listened. We've made it easier. The palatability is easier. The test itself, we don't even really worry about that conversation anymore because of the kind of sedation that we have have now it's just like you said you go to sleep you have no idea that you had the test you wake up and, and it's not infrequent people say when are they going to start uh, because you're sedated and out for the procedure It's the comfort issue is not not a problem with the test itself now so uh, the prep questions have been answered in large part by making these uh, kinder gentler preps and uh, the discomfort uh, with the procedure has really been answered by the different types of uh, anesthetic or or sedation that we give now as compared to, say, five or ten years ago.
1: See, women, we don't mind taking this test because we lose a pound or two for a day. (laughs) So we're happy about that. We're on a liquid diet, and then we get rid of everything. It's a nice cleanse. Then we get on the scale and jump up and down for a few times. Men don't look at all of those kinds of humorous things, and and we can make it humorous. However, it's a really serious cancer, and this is such a preventive procedure. So what else do you want men to know or women who love them about getting in to see a GI guy. And as you say, they're free now. They're part of a well visit. So what else do you want women to know to get their men in to see you?
0: Well, I, you know, what I want the women to know too is that uh, they should come in too. The uh, screening rates for, for colon cancer are below those for their women are getting their mammograms and they're getting uh, their pap smears at a rate of 80 to 90%, but they're about 67% on getting screens for colon cancer. So even though they're Doing a good job with those things, it still should be higher than that. And there's a goal now of getting 80% of people screened by uh, 2018. Uh, so first, if they go first, what they'll see what I'm saying here is true, and they will have not a horrible experience with this. And then they go first, and then they'll be able to bring in their loved ones. It's not uncommon that that's that you get the woman first, and then the husband will then come in. Yes, she sees it's not so horrible.
1: See that's great advice and I love that. And what about after if polyps are found? And that's what a lot of people men and women are afraid to get it because they're afraid of what's found afterwards. Are some polyps worse than others?
0: Oh cer- certainly. You have a you have a range uh, of polyps. I mean polyps you have to think of it as as, as a stage. Uh, I I, I frequently say there's four steps between the formation of that polyp and cancer. And through through that journey, there's a number of mutations that these polyps accrue before they become cancer and before they invade. Um, But there are some polyps that are what we consider pretty close to innocuous, the hyperplastic polyps. There are other polyps that we most commonly talk about are adenomatous polyps, and they're perhaps... One in six of those over a t- an extended time period, uh five to eight years, would, ex- would develop into a cancer. And then there's the serrated uh, adenoma, which is a flat lesion, which has a slightly different biology, and they're more serious. But there are some innocuous polyps, I don't know, but the, the ones that we're looking for are the adenominous polyps and the serrated adenomas. Uh, and so- if you have them there, you want them
1: out. Well, that's the whole point is that you take them out and then they're gone. And do they grow back over time? How often, if somebody has polyps, do you want them to come back for a colonoscopy?
0: Well, it, it depends on multiple factors. You basically have to stratify your interval of follow-up proportional to the patient's risk of uh, getting another polyp. Or, uh, first of all, like you said to begin with, are you sure that you got every part of the tissue there? So you want to be sure that when you remo- you have complete removal of the of the polyp, uh, there are certain criteria that we have where we're certain about it other ones where it's a little bit more questionable. If there's some question, your sh- interval of time is shorter. The garden variety situation where we're sure we got all of the polyps out and they're not a great number and they're not a great size and they're not advanced, the short answer to your question is you'd follow it up in five years. But some of these other criteria you might want to do at a shorter interval if you had some concerns.
1: So, in just the last few minutes, Dr. Kenny, and what a great guest you are, please give your best advice for people and getting their colonoscopy, not just men, but as you said, women too, and how important this preventive screening is and why they should come to Summit Medical Group for their care.
0: Well, the, the, the reason that they should do this colonoscopy for the clinic, because it's the gold standard, it's the best test. It's the test I had on myself, the test I've had on our family. So, we do what we practice, what we preach. If for some reason you couldn't get them to do that, there are other tests that are available, fecal occult blood testing and stuff. And the best test is the test that's done. So if you couldn't get this, get something done. That's 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 one of the take-home points I wanted to have. Uh, and, and the gold standard test, the colonoscopy, it doesn't matter who's who's doing the procedure. And that sort of brought you to this situation with uh, the Summit Medical Group. Uh, here, and uh, convenience, we, you've asked about how we do it. We've even gotten to the point where we're... Uh, doing this test by direct access now, where that means a healthy 50-year-old can contact our office. Uh, and uh, if they're otherwise healthy, we can do that directly without even coming into the office uh, for an office visit beforehand. Uh, availability, that we've made a commitment to this. We've actually started to do these on, on Saturdays. Um, so, it's, so it's easy access for people because um, we believe in this. The, the legislature has manned up by paying for this, making it... Uh, um, cost-free cost to, the, to the patient in that circumstance. Um, the reason that you do this is, is there's ample studies that it really does make a difference who's, who's doing your colonoscopy. Uh, there were studies in Canada that uh, if you had your colonoscopy done by uh, primary care physicians, which is sometimes done in Canada, you're 40% more likely to have a cancer develop in the interval than you are if you have a gastroenterologist. And, and among gastroenterologists, not all gastroenterologists are created equal. Uh, we, we track quality parameters. Uh, uh, detect, how good is your colonoscopy rate? Well, we, we have an adenoma detection rate. How often on a, on a patient that you're doing a screening colon do you find an adenoma or a polyp? Now, the, the, the industry standards may say that it's 25% in males and 15% in females, but in our, in our, our practice here, we're running 50%, uh, and uh, there's a, also sometimes we have 60%. The reason we get that, we, we insist on good preps, and if the people that, that are doing the test have a commitment to this. I mean, in my office here, we have five Ivy League-trained gastroenterologists, Harvard, Penn, Cornell, and the last guy from Yale. And we, we, it sounds geeky, but we spend a lot of time just talking about preps and all these things to maximize that adenoma detection rate. And why do we do that? Because if we maximize the adenoma detection rate, the chance that that person will develop a cancer in the time between their next recommended colonoscopy and when you've done this has been shown to be markedly decreased. That the higher the adenoma detection rate, the lower the interval cancer rate. It's a very important thing. And if you're concentrated on quality, those are the things that they do. So you want to have an endoscopist who concentrates on quality.
1: Wow, what great information, and so beautifully put. Thank you so much, Dr. Kenny, for being with us today. You're listening to SMG Radio, and for more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.